welcome back to the How to Podcast series. I have yet another amazing podcaster on here today, and uh, I'm excited to have her on. We're going to be talking about her podcast. Um, something cool happened for her where she got promoted and kind of shouted out, and I think that's really cool. We're going to talk about that as well. Talk about Toastmasters. Does everybody know what Toastmasters is? If you don't know, you're going to love it by the end of this conversation. Uh, Kimberly Winters is here. Kimberly, welcome back hey. to the podcast. You're my co-host. Hello. Hi. Thanks, Dave. I'm really excited to be here. I can see the smile on your face. And I, you know what? I've been in doing music for years and years, and I will sit in the studio in the recording booth with the guy running the board, and he'll look at the singer and say, okay, do it again. This time I'm going to smile because you can actually hear mm -hmm. a smile. And I can hear your smile and everyone else can to do. So welcome. It was good to have you here. This is exciting. Yeah. I'm so happy to be here. It's going to be a great conversation. I love this. Okay. First, let's talk your podcast right off the bat. For those meeting you for the very first time, hello. Can you tell us about your podcast and everything about it? We need to know more and more and more. I sure can. So my podcast is called Did You Bring the Hummus? And the yeah. mission of Did You Bring the Hummus is to inspire listeners to go vegan through powerful stories and meaningful conversation. We learn so much and connect so deeply when we're storytelling. So my very first question to every single guest that joins me on the podcast is for them to share their vegan journey. Because I know that there are listeners out there that will hear my story or one of my guest stories and they'll say, hmm, she sounds a lot like me or he sounds a lot like me. I wonder if maybe veganism might be for me too. And it inspires them to start looking at living differently, making different choices and hopefully going vegan. Okay. I love the idea of your show. Um <laughs> But I want to do something that I haven't done before with any of my guests before. Ooh. I'm going to put you on the spot. Can you do that beginning again where you gave your your short little description of your podcast? Because I think as podcasters, we need to be able to articulate the what our show is, mm. the way you did it, and you did it perfectly. <laughs> so that's why I'm going to ask you to do it again. Because... Again, I think as podcasters, we kind of ramble on about what our show is and blah, 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 blah. It's the thing about the thing. And we talk about the stuff about the thing. You just like <laughs> laid out your entire podcast so eloquently. Thank you. Uh, and I think we all need to learn how to do this. So you're the teacher. <laughs> do it again. Okay. From sure. the top. From the top again. But. I want people to listen to how you did this because I'm so impressed. Mm. So please do this again. Okay. Sure. Go. So my podcast is called Did You Bring the Hummus? And the mission of Did You Bring the Hummus podcast is to inspire listeners to go vegan through powerful stories and meaningful conversation. Now, for those listening at home or on the bike at the gym or in the car right now, you need to know how to do that. Kimberly just showed you <laughs> and you heard it twice now. I want you to learn how to do that because you never know who you're going to meet and you never know how much time you're going to have with them. It could be a yeah. passing moment. You need to be able to talk about your podcast just like that. Mm -hmm. So hmm, how long did it take you to, to come up with that and be yeah. so confident with that? Come on. <laughs> I'll admit it took a while because Everything that you hear is like, tell them who you help, how you help them, and what it is that you're focused on. And when you start with that, it's so big. And you have to, you've got to write it all out, or at least this was my process. I wrote it all out. And I kept tweaking it and making it smaller and smaller and shorter. And for a while, I thought, I don't even know how to describe this at this point. How do I get it so succinct? And then I just, it just came out of me. I was telling someone about the podcast and kind of pitching them to be a guest. And that came out and they were like, yes, I'll do it. And I said, okay, that's the one, that's the sentence. I love it. And it's nice when you go on other shows to be able to articulate what you do and who you serve and everything, yeah. but that you're so concise. I really like that. Thank you. So I think that's all of our homework today. We're, the podcast is done. Thank you, everybody. You can go home now. <laughs> there you go. What's yours? I'd love to oh. hear yours. Okay. Well, now you're putting me on the spot. Mm -hmm. 
So the How to Podcast series is your judgment-free podcast to help you start your show and continue with community and support to make you successful. Nice. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I know I need to work on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's what it <laughs> comes in my mind because I, w- there's so many podcasts about podcasting mm-hmm. that trying to find my take on it is really crowded space mm-hmm. to be in. But um, what I love is when I can make a real connection with a person and and see them succeed. Mm-hmm. That's like the coolest thing about podcasting yeah. is being able to make these kind of connections, right? Mm-hmm. And that just brings me so much joy. I just, I love doing this. It's just, yeah. so, I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's great. So me too. The idea about today is we're having amazing podcasters come on, talk about their journey as a podcaster, have a conversation that benefits the listener, and kind of just build up our listeners ability to have a show, their confidence to do what they're going to do and to get them past some of the hurdles. Mm -hmm. So when you started your show at the beginning, back at episode before episode one, what kind of things were you kind of you facing that stood in the way of you starting or made it a little difficult that you had to kind of address anything Mm -hmm. kind of stand in your way at the early days? So not, immediately okay because my podcast started as a toastmasters project and i had here here's where we tie in the toastmasters yeah, nice. Good segue. <laughs> i had never even listened to a podcast before right mm-hmm. but i had hit my level four elective options in my pathway those are very specific toastmasters words and that's our education mm-hmm. process we go through Uh, But I hit level four and these electives were kind of boring, except for this one that was create a podcast. And I thought, "Mm, that seems scary. I have no idea what it entails. Let's do that one. (laughs) Wow, that's that's actually in the curriculum, like it's actually in the program. Yeah. Yep. That's Mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah. So it said 60 minutes of content. You have to record 60 minutes of content. And put it out into the world for the public to hear. And then pick three minutes from one, you know, of those 60 and then give a speech about it. You present those three minutes, then you give a speech about your podcasting process, what you learned, how it went, what made you choose the topic you chose. And uh, I thought, well, 60 minutes is a lot of content. Let me talk about something that is really meaningful to me, something that is so much a part of my everyday life. So I chose veganism. And it started off, it was just me. Those first 60 minutes are are just me. It's three episodes broken up. And I just talked about finding your why to go vegan. I introduced myself in the first episode and like, why am I doing this? And then talked a little bit about the other things that people don't consider with veganism, which are things like the clothes you wear, entertainment you pay for, products you use, not just the food that you eat. Mm -hmm. So that's where I started. And since I didn't know if I was going to love podcasting, I kind of just did the 60 minutes, broke it up and put three episodes out. But I wasn't so consistent on recording new episodes. There was a significant technology curve for me, learning curve for me. I had never used any kind of editing programming. My husband, who's a musician, he already had, (laughs) he was able to help me, but he had, uh, he was paying for like the Adobe suite. So instead of me finding a free program that I had to learn all on my own, I started using Adobe Audition because he knew how to use it. Great. So he taught me and mm, those first few episodes of editing and trying not to delete the thing I didn't mean to delete. And it was a significant learning curve. So what I learned from that is that I need to give myself more time. So if you're not yet launched your podcast, my my suggestion would be get a few episodes under your belt. And by a few, I mean like many. Yes. <laughs> Get, get some recorded, get them scheduled, ready to go, and keep working on the new ones as your episodes roll out. Because pod fade is real. Mm-hmm. And you'll if you 
go into any of the podcast apps and you look, there are so many podcasts that were great, but there aren't any new episodes because it can be overwhelming if you're trying to do everything last minute. That was the piece that I like kind of ran into and it, it, I struggled with it for quite a bit. And you'll see that my first couple of seasons are not so consistent. And it was because I kept saying, oh, I'll work on these. And then I didn't really work on them when I knew I needed to. And and I wasn't making the time. And I kept learning, though. So the editing has gotten easier. I'm much better at it now. Uh, it's faster, for sure. But my my it really was a difficult thing to kind of bump up against and be like, okay, you really have to be prepared and you need to be working on this consistently in order to get those consistent episodes out. Because that's when the listeners will continue to tune in when they trust and they know, all right, Kimberly's putting out an episode at that point, it was every other Monday. And now I put them out every Monday. But when you put them out every other Monday for three months and then nothing comes out and you haven't said like, hey, I'm on a break, stay tuned for the next season, there's just no communication, then people will start to feel like, oh, maybe she's not going to do this so regularly and they don't keep an eye on what you're up to. But when you're consistent and you communicate with your listeners, then they keep coming back. Nice. Let's talk Toastmasters because I'm super curious. Yeah. Um, how first of all, how you got into Toastmasters? What was the the push that got you through the door to go to your first meeting and become part of that gr- amazing group of people? Yeah. But the kind of the tying it back to podcasting. What, your suggestions is this a benefit for a new podcaster who's very who hasn't spoken and been mm-hmm. on microphone and in front of people? Yeah, I'd like to get some information. I, you're you're in charge here. Let's talk Toastmasters. Sure. Oh, I'd love to. Come on. <laughs> I had um, I had gotten my coaching certification in 2017, and I was thinking that I wanted to do some kind of coaching or um, workshop type stuff. Uh, to kind of launch my own business. I didn't really know what it was going to look like, but I thought I want to be up in front of people and teaching them something. So I thought "Mm, I should get more comfortable being in front of people. I had a day job. So at first I I went to my manager and I said, hey, I'd like to do some kind of public speaking courses. Will you guys pay for that? And they wouldn't pay for it. I had found a couple of uh, like in-person events that were three, four, five days long. They were thousands of dollars, but they were like, oh, you're going to be with this great public speaker and you're going to learn everything you need to know to become the best public speaker that you can. So I thought, "Mm, that I don't think is going to work for me. That's a lot of money. And how could I possibly learn everything I need to know about being a public speaker in three, four, or five days? I don't care who's teaching this course. So I said, okay, I've got to keep looking. And I had heard of Toastmasters, but wasn't really familiar with it. So I just started Googling public speaking near me. And Toastmasters came up. I found a club that was in my town, like a three-minute drive. And I thought, well, okay, let me check this out. Mm because it's way less expensive. It's a little over $100 a year, US anyway. And so it's super affordable. My club meets twice a month. And some clubs will meet every week. It really depends on on the group. But I sent an email to inquire. And they said, yeah, come on down, be our guest. We'd love to have you. So welcoming. And it took me three tries to get to my first meeting. (laughs) I made it as far as getting out to the car, hand on the door handle to like open the car door to get. And I turned around and I went, went back inside. Nope. I was so scared. Yeah. <laughs> but when I finally made it, I was so just welcomed in. And they talked so much about growing and learning. And everyone there was was working to become better versions of themselves It was just so incredible to be in this space with people who have very similar path to me in that they want to be more comfortable speaking in front of others and to really hone that skill and and become someone that people want to want to listen to. And it it's so it's such a comfortable place because everyone is like willing to I'll I'll use the word fail, but that's not really it. You know, my first speech, 
I I gave my first speech about six months after joining, and they call it an icebreaker. It's supposed to be easy, four to six minutes. You just talk about yourself, introduce yourself to the club. Whew. I had a lot of things to say, and I don't remember a single word of it. I'm pretty sure I didn't breathe the whole four minutes, <laughs> and I touched my hair the entire time. Interesting. Yeah, I was so, so scared. They they also have a, a part of the meeting called table topics where you come up and the person leading the table topics will ask you a question. They just pull it out of a, a question list or out of a box. So you don't know what you're about to be asked and you get one to two minutes to respond. Ideally you want to speak for at least one minute because you're trying to build those impromptu speaking skills. I spoke for 26 seconds and I don't know what I said. <laughs> But now here I am. That was 2018, the summer of 2018 that I joined, gave my yeah. first speech in December of 2018. So it's been a few years, right? Well, now I've given speeches that are 20 minutes long. My table topics always go to two minutes and 30 seconds, pretty much. <laughs> and I just, I love it. I'm the president of the club right now. Wow. And the difference that I've seen, not just in myself, but in others who have joined. We had a member, she's off of college now, but she had joined right out of high school. Like the minute she turned 18, she joined because you have to be 18 to join the standard clubs. And she stood leaning against the wall every time she'd come up to speak. Hands like, like clasped together close to her chest or down by her, down by her, her waist and just kind of closed in like a, like she was in a shell and whispering. And now she gets up there and she owns the stage and she is giving talks at school and she's in front of her class and she's so comfortable. She mm. traveled outside the country and stayed in Japan for like a month and a half and led talks there. It's And she joined not long after I did. It's incredible what that consistency of meeting twice a month or however often your club meets and just showing up to this space where people are so helpful and we're all like wanting to learn. And a big piece of it is the evaluation piece. So everyone who gives a speech gets evaluated. So that's pretty scary too, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. But it's important to remember that we all need that feedback in order to grow because there's so much we don't hear. We don't hear when we're using filler words constantly. We don't hear if we're rushing through what we're saying or we're pausing for too long. Sometimes we can try to slow down and our cadence ends up where no one wants to listen to us, right? Yeah. We're not all William Shatner, okay? Um, <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. you need someone to say, hey, Speed this up, slow this down, use, be more, be less monotone, vocal variety, kind of engage, move your hands, move around the stage. And it's stuff that you, these little things that you don't see, but the audience sees. And the more you become aware of it, the more you can work with it. And so someone who's thinking about podcasting might be like, okay, but how does that apply if nobody's looking at me? Aren't podcasts audio? Yeah, there's an audio piece to it. Some people still put video up. Mine is completely audio. There's no videos out there for, yeah. for my podcast, Did You Bring the Hummus? But even when we're even when we're not in front of where people aren't looking at us, you can hear if someone is really exuberant. And it's not just in the tone of their voice, but you can hear if they're they're moving, if they're really into it. The vocal variety is so important when people are just listening. Being aware of filler words and not using them constantly is really important when someone is just listening to you because they're not distracted by the video and, and it's not as forgiving, I think, with the filler words. So you might think, and there was one I just did. So <laughs> That's mine too. That's fine. You got me. It's a yep. big one for me. Yep. When uh, when you think Toastmasters and you think about just speaking in front of others out on a stage or whatever, yeah, it's really helpful for that. But it is significantly helpful for podcasting as well. Just any time we can become better speakers, 
will always help us become better podcasters. I'm so glad you picked that one when you got to that level and that was your option. Me too. You think about how different your life might be now if you had picked something else. Right. Right. Yeah. Out of fear, maybe you're like, I don't know what podcasting is. I'm not going to pick that. Mm-hmm. But here you sit and you have a show and you, I just, I'm so inspired by that. And I love the idea of the table talk because as a guest on a show, you don't know what the next question is. Yeah. And you're just like, unless they give them to you in advance, you have no idea what I'm going to ask you next. Mm-hmm. And so you do need to be able to think on your feet. There's a little bit of improv in there, I think, in a sense, where you have to be able to, you know, react in in the moment. Mm -hmm. That's uh, that's quite unique. Mm -hmm. So if somebody's going to go to their very first Toastmasters, it's the fourth time they've gone to the car to to get there. (laughs) And they're going, they're pulling in the driveway, they're pulling into the place. And there's the building, the door's open, there's somebody waving like, come on in. (laughs) When you walk through the door for the first time, as a brand new attendee to Toastmasters, any words of advice? Be open. Okay. And don't feel like this has to be your club. Because that's another thing. It's so much, the, the education piece from Toastmasters is significant and it is super important. And you learn all the different ways to write speeches and give speeches. But even more important than that is the people in the room with you. So I feel like I got very lucky that the first club I walked into, I knew these were my people and they were going to help me and I was going to help them and we were going to do it all together. But there have been other people who have come to our club and said, this is the fifth club I've visited because the first four, those weren't their people and they knew it. There's just something that you you feel and you're like, this isn't going to work. But then they join our club because we are their people. And so be open to what's happening be brave and just do it, throw yourself into it. But also be okay with, if you're like, "Mm, I'm not really vibing with this group, to check out others. There are Toastmasters all over. You probably have more than one club within, you know, an easy drive from where you live. Uh, For most people, uh, that's pretty standard. So I think be open to that. And then as much as I want to encourage people to just like, just start participating in the meetings and just throw yourself into it. That's very much my personality. But some people showing up consistently is where they need to start. And maybe they aren't ready to get up and do that first table topics at their first meeting (laughs) or give their first speech six months in. But showing up consistently, you are still learning because you're watching people give speeches, you're hearing feedback, and you're having an experience. Anytime we hear someone speak or see someone speak, we have thoughts about that, whether we're, you know, a, a Toastmasters evaluator or not. Yeah. We know how that speaker makes us feel. We know what we think we would have wanted to hear more of or less of. So no matter what, just showing up and being in that space and being consistent that way, you're going to take in so much that's going to help you improve in your speaking, podcasting or otherwise. So many parallels mm-hmm. into podcasting too, like just show up. Yeah. Do the thing, be consistent, all those things. Exactly mm-hmm. the same stuff that we need to do more of as podcasters. So, yeah. what a great example. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, if you're listening and you're thinking, you know, I'm really nervous about my voice or am I going to be able to do this? Toastmasters might be the perfect thing for you to get in there mm-hmm. and do community as well with people. Yeah. For right? sure. So, yes. I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Um, Sounds like it's had a good impact on you. Oh, big time. And yeah. Did You Bring the Hummus started as a podcast, but it's building into a business. And I, I've i always wanted to have my own business and, and had had ideas, so many ideas, but never was able to turn it into something because I didn't have a focus. Hmm. But now I've got a focus. And so it starts as a podcast, but who knows where it takes you from there. So talk about your business idea. What's coming? What's What's happening? Yeah, so... I, hmm, I, I want to say, I like to say that I want to be the vegan Oprah. <laughs> Everybody gets a vegan meal. That's right. Everyone. You get a vegan meal, you get a vegan meal. Yeah. But I want the, the podcast to, to build into 
my being able to to speak and share and teach and help people grow in this space. I've got the coaching background for sure, so that that definitely helps. But but yeah, I want I want to just talk about this stuff and and figure out where it goes. So, you know, I don't have anything solid just yet. Okay. But the podcast is such a focus. And a fun thing about Did You Bring the Hummus is that every guest that I have on, I end every episode asking them to share their favorite hummus or their favorite way to eat hummus. And some people might think, oh, they probably will say like, oh, I like it with carrots. I like it on a sandwich. And then we're done. Oh, no, no. There's so many stories. So many stories for with hummus. And whether we're laughing because we're talking about how we'll just eat it by the spoon, or if someone is sharing a recipe or a connection from family, and, and just like we get into like a deeper conversation about it, I'm starting to pull together all of these little hummus conversations to turn them into a little book. So, on. you know, the plan is to become a published author at some point as well. And it will include recipes and stories about hummus and, of course, some inspiration about going vegan. And, yeah, just I'm having fun with it and seeing where it takes me. But the so important thing smart. is I'm using my voice. So smart. So <laughs> smart. Um, I had uh, had somebody on as a co-host just recently. And we were talking about their podcast. And I said at the end, when are you going to write your book based on your podcast? And they looked at me like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you have the the bones of a, a great book just mm. from doing your show. And yeah. they're just, they're like, I never thought of that. Mm -hmm. Never. So now they're on that path of converting their podcast into a book. So that's awesome. it's great to hear that you're already on that journey. <laughs> yeah. So that's amazing. It's amazing. That's what I love about podcasting, right? Mm. Yeah. It can lead to so many things. So yeah. where is think, your podcast leading? Uh, well, for me, I'm looking at helping people with like editing. I built a website for somebody yesterday, a new podcaster. So all the stuff that I do for myself, mm -hmm. I'm then now putting that out into the world saying, I'd love to help you with whatever you need. So I'm going into the podcast editing space um, and then doing that for people. Um, that's something I really be very big interest for me. I've been mm -hmm. doing it for music editing for years. So to take that skill set and move it over to podcasting, it just makes sense. Yeah. As you were talking about your husband with, with all the stuff he can do as well. So that, I think there's a big need for that. There's all mm -hmm. these AI tools that can do stuff for you, but if you want hum human ears and a human touch to your podcast, yeah, that's really hard to replicate. So that's something I'm heading down the path of doing. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and I I agree with that. The AI is is great, but I think podcasting more than than even some video things and 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 things like YouTube, because we're so intimate with our listener, we're you know we're right in their ears, or we're alone with them in the car while they're commuting to work. We need to have that human connection. And I think it's even more obvious with a podcast when you don't have that. So I think it's really important and special that that you're moving into that space and offering that. Yeah. Cause I like, for example, I was on a podcast in the UK. And when I talk, I put natural pauses in my conversation and what I'm thinking and when I'm looking for the next word, I'll leave little gaps. Mm -hmm. like that and when i got it back from the host they had run it through some kind of tool an ai tool and it removed every possible oh. break in my voice so i sounded like a distracted squirrel because it didn't it didn't even sound like i had took a breath for mm -hmm. 20 minutes straight just yeah right through mm -hmm. and my wife listened to it and she's like what is wrong with your voice? <laughs> and I'm like, you don't sound like that at all. So I took it and I took a section of it and I actually inserted silence back into the recording so mm -hmm. that it sounded more like me and yeah. you know, like before and after. So you could kind of hear the difference. Yeah. And I, it's interesting because my author podcast, I had a, an author on and she had a, a story of overcoming some insurmountable odds and, 
And when we're talking on the podcast, she was going places in her story that she hasn't talked about before and struggling to do so. And she was trying to answer a question. And when she started talking, she stopped, collected herself, wiped her eyes from a couple of tears and then continued. And I could have easily just chopped that out. Big gap of silence. Mm -hmm. But in the moment when you hear it in context, yeah. You're like you can you're in the room with her. Yeah. You can you can feel it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so as much as I love AI tools, you just gotta be careful that you don't remove the humanity mm-hmm. in your edits. Yeah. Because that's what's gonna connect with people a lot. So that's kind of my little thoughts around editing. But for you, yeah. for your podcast, do you do you have a certain way that you edit your show that reflects you? Do you have any little tips on that? Hmm. You know, I think my focus when I'm editing is on more of the filler words. Yeah. And but and this is really important, I think, is to not take them all out. Good, good, good. Because, you know, when you have someone who who's they're they're in a sentence, they have a thought, they pause and then they'll say, um, and then right into it. I leave the pause. I take the um out. And then because they're starting the sentence where it makes sense, like that's the start yeah. of the next sentence. But there are some people where their filler words become part of the sentence or they're so much a part of the next word they're about to say that if you take that out, it sounds so choppy. Yeah. And it sounds like you're listening to a robot sharing their story. And so it's really it's really key to think if I were listening to this, would I think that sounded weird or does it sound natural? And I take out only the ones that sound like they don't belong there. Yeah. So if I, the other part is content editing, where if you were a guest on my show and I asked you what your favorite barbecue steak recipe is, that's a bad question. First of yeah. all, I don't know you as my guest. Hey, <laughs> that's a terrible question. And your answer would be like, Dave, I, I, my, what? So that would be a, that would be an oops. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would just remove it yeah. from the entire episode. Yep. It didn't bring value. Right. right. So, or if I ask somebody, you know, what's your favorite seafood recipe? And they're like, I'm allergic to seafood. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a bad question. And it didn't add any value to my audience. Yeah. I'm just going to take that. It never happened. Just take it out. Yep. There's no reason to leave it in there, right? I agree with that. So yeah. little things like that, I think, can give your give time back to your audience as well. Mm-hmm. They're giving us their time to come and listen to this. So yeah. if there's something that doesn't really hit, I think it's okay. The, the only thing I've run into is when it's re, it's referenced later on. Yeah. There's something that I've chopped out. <laughs> and then later on in the episode, there's a callback to what we said earlier. Mm-hmm. And I had deleted it. Yeah. Now that doesn't make any sense. So you just kind of left to listen in context to, mm-hmm. to make sure you don't remove anything that's kind of pivotal to your conversation. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I find that for the most part, unless we go in a direction that just kind of goes off the rails and we don't end anywhere, or like you said, if I had asked a question that kind of just fell flat or didn't apply at all, I leave everything else in. Okay. Yeah. What's something that you've stopped doing on your podcast? Hmm. That's a that's a great question. Something I've stopped doing. You're like, that's it. I'm not going to do that anymore. Yeah. This might this isn't going to be helpful. I don't know if this will be helpful to the listeners, but I still laugh too much. <laughs> Good. Well, and sometimes it's an it's it almost comes out where it seems like a nervous laugh and it it kind of takes away from the the weight of what the person's saying so if there's a break where they've kind of gotten quiet and i'm doing that weird nervous laugh i edit that out and so now i'm much more conscious of like be aware of that nervous laugh so it doesn't take away from what the guest is doing But yeah, but I think, so I think that's important too, to always be, some people, 
and here I am stepping over myself in sentences. Some of my friends who do podcasts, they'll say, I never listen to my podcast. I don't edit it or they're paying someone to edit and they're like, I don't listen to it because I don't like the sound of my voice. Well, I'm here to tell you that as a podcaster, you should love the sound of your voice (laughs) and you definitely want to listen back. So when I'm listening back, I'm not just listening to find those spots I need to edit or uh, to to take out something that isn't adding value. I'm also listening to keep learning about myself and my approach. And to not, another thing, I'm I'm getting guests that are in my world, in the vegan world, pretty impressive. And sometimes that can make me feel a little nervous. Yeah. And that's something that I also am listening for as well. Like I can tell, and maybe the listeners can't, but I can tell when I've interviewed someone and I feel like, I can't believe I'm interviewing this person and I get nervous and I'll stumble over things or I'll, I'll ask a question or I'll talk too much. And that's not my thing at all. Like my focus is I start a conversation and I let the guest kind of go and I interject when I have something to add. But otherwise, because I found that I let otherwise I let them go because I found that if if I were to interrupt and stop this process, we're going to miss something. And they always come up with something where I've just kind of let them speak. I haven't interrupted. There's always this like little insight that I'm like, oh, thank goodness that I let them go. And I know that the the audience needs that whole story in order to feel the weight of what the guest has just said. That's, a gr- I'm so- That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Oh, you stole my thunder. Oh, uh. you got me. Uh, because that's something I did earlier. So what I stopped doing was interrupting my guest mm-hmm. because I would ask them a question. They would start to be, they start forming their answer and they're giving their answer to me. And then, I would ask them something that got them off topic mm-hmm. and they haven't completed their thought or finished the story that they're answering me for the original question. Yeah. And now we're on a different path. And sometimes they, we never came back to the original answer. Mm-hmm. And my listeners are like, Dave, like right. Kimberly was telling <laughs> us about the thing and then you got her on another path and you never came back to the thing. What, like, how are we going to find out about the thing? Yeah. So I just start be be more quiet mm. when people are talking. Mm-hmm. And my wife is loving this because I'm bringing that to our relationship. Ah. So when she's talking to she's talking to me, I'm not interrupting. <laughs> so what I've heard on podcasting is let's do a little role play. Are you ready for a podcaster's role play? Yeah. Okay. Um tell me where you went. I'm going to tell you what what I find in podcasting that really makes me nervous and I don't know what to do. Usually I stop listening, but this, I've heard this many times. So tell me about uh, your favorite place that you've been on holidays. Well, I just went over the summer to Salem, Massachusetts. Oh, I've never been there. That sounds like an interesting place. Massachusetts. That's a hard word to say. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So yeah, we, my husband and I went up to Salem, Massachusetts. We were there for five days and on our way. That's a place with the witches or something, right? Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to make, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we did, we did some of the witch stuff for sure. We, we stopped at all these cute little shops and we did some great tours that so much history there. We, we had great food. I expected, oh, I love eating food. Yeah, food is great, isn't it? Great. We went in. <laughs> we went. My into, favorite. My favorite food. My favorite food is. Um, I love to have like, uh, like like a really good breakfast. My my favorite time of the day. Breakfast. Oh yeah, yeah. You want to set up for a really good day. What is right? your favorite breakfast food? Oh, my favorite breakfast food is. See where we're going. Yep. Uh huh. I know. See? And then you're like, what just happened? Stop <laughs> what about it. her vacation? Stop it. Yeah. Now you're talking breakfast. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. So that's what I hear in podcasting. And I don't know if it, maybe it's nerves on the part of the host. Right. Uh, but just interjecting all the time, all the time. Mm-hmm. I, I find that so distracting when oh, you yeah. don't have the visual as well. 
because I don't know what's happening. I'm back and forth and back and forth. And then you just feel like you're just led astray mm-hmm. and you're just in this nowhere land. <laughs> and you're like, I don't get it. So that was something that I learned early on by listening to other shows and listening to my own show. Mm-hmm. And if I felt I was going that way, I backed right off. Yeah. And I really, that's what I really like now is, and the other thing is leaving a little extra when my guest is done talking. Mm-hmm. Don't jump in right away. Right. Because they're finishing their sentence. They come to the very end. They slow down and stop. And then they're done. And there's a little pause. And they're then they go just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Because you didn't get in there and cut them off. They feel, sometimes it feels like they want to give you just a little bit more information. Yeah. And if you're quiet, if it's, if it's too quiet, you can take that out in silence. Right. Okay. So you always, always can edit if you edit your podcast. But you give them that little bit of extra space. They can finish their thought completely and they might give you a little nugget as well. Mm-hmm. It's magic. Right? Yeah. It's a dance. Mm-hmm. It's really a dance between the host and guest. And yeah. it takes a while to, to learn how to dance. I'm a terrible dancer in real life. <laughs> My wife can attest to that, right? Um, I probably would be dancing like uh, Elaine from uh, Seinfeld. That's my kind of dance. Yeah, to do the thing, right? Everybody's doing the thing right now. Uh, that's me. So, uh, but when you're a podcast host, you have to be thinking about so many things, right? The next question and making sure you're listening to your guest and all the technology, there's all this stuff happening. Mm-hmm. Anything from your perspective that you've learned as a host that can yes. help uh, help somebody? Yeah, please. Go. Yes. I love this. Don't think about the next question. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. This, this is something that I learned in coaching, going through that, that process. And it, it helps so much when I'm doing an interview. Because if I thought about... I want to ask this question, this question, that question. How can it tie in with what they're saying now? I'll get so caught up in how do I get this next question out? What is the next question I want to ask that I miss what they're saying and I can't build on? Maybe that question doesn't even make sense really by the time they're done with the sentence they end on before I ask the question. Maybe I need to ask it a different way or tie it in later but I don't know that because I'm so in my head about what do I ask next? So I don't even write questions when I, my process is I meet with my, my guest for 15 minutes or so. We talk through some topics. I let them know that the two things they're definitely going to have to answer are share your vegan journey and talk about hummus. Everything else in between is totally up to us. And I'll send them an email after that call and says, here are the topics. And, you know, I, I had a chef on, so I sent him the list and I said, okay, your vegan journey, talk about the food truck you used to have, talk about what you're, you're working on now, talk about hummus. But I didn't know what question I was going to say, because I, I find so often that it's just a conversation. I don't need to ask them anything. I can say something and that leads them to then have another thought. But I kind of trust that if I'm listening, I'll know what to say next. Exactly. And <laughs> like, if, would you meet your best friend for coffee at a local cafe and come with a clipboard and a pen? I'd be like, question number one, mm-hmm. how was your day? Question number two, you know, like who does that? We don't. I also that. love so, that you were ready with a clipboard and a so, pen. Of course, and this is my pen. I'm ready to go. So, uh, props. It's all about props. Yeah. Uh, but I can't imagine people doing that. It would look so awkward in public mm-hmm. to see what are you guys doing? Yeah. Are you applying for a job? Like what's happening? So, uh, <laughs> I just think we as as hosts and as guests, if we can just have a real conversation, mm-hmm. that's going to win out for a listener. Every time. Every time. Because they feel like they're right here with us. Mm-hmm. Right? And and welcome. You're nice. Pull, us, pull up yeah, a chair. Come on. Uh, so it's great. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, we've been talking hummus and breakfast. So lots of good stuff yeah. happening. Uh, <laughs> it's good. Uh, okay. So we talked about this at the very beginning. We gave a little, a little hint about what we might talk about. But you got a shout out on another podcast. And you didn't even know what happened. 
And uh, it's exciting to to hear yeah. your podcast mentioned or your name mentioned or anything. Yeah. Kind of that. So talk about that. I, I love the story. Sure. Yeah. I got an email just a couple of days ago uh, from from someone within the Headliner app. And Headliner is a an online, uh, it might be an app too. I use it on my computer, but it's it's an online product service where you can create clips from your longer podcast and then put out like small snackable bites, they call them, right? To get people interested in hearing your podcast. So I had, they had done a thing where they like submit your podcast to us for consideration. Like they, I don't even remember if they gave us like, here's what we're going to do with it. So I just said like, Hey, here's my podcast. And they chose one of my more recent episodes and they made it part of the, they call it the headliner pod pod. And it's discovering new podcasts. They had six of six podcasts. And what they did was there was one host who knew the name of all six podcasts. And what he did was he created a list of other names uh, using, uh, you know, AI to come up with other names. And then he played these clips for his fellow co-hosts and said, here's a clip. Take a listen. Tell me what you think the name of this podcast is based on this list I'll give you. You don't have to just pull it out of thin air. And so they did that with with six podcasts. And when we got to mine, they they played a, a clip where we talk about aging well as a vegan and they they were like, oh, okay, that's cool. Here's the list of of podcast names. And when they got to mine, when they said, did you bring the hummus? One of the other guests, one of the other co-hosts said, oh, great name. And I was like, oh, fantastic. <laughs> and when they they loved it. They, they talked about how interesting someone said, oh, it sounds like a really interesting podcast. And I was so, so excited. And man, does it feel cool to hear your name and your yeah. podcast mentioned and people saying nice things about it. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was so neat. Okay, so how do we do that as podcasters now? You're on the receiving end for that. Mm-hmm. Now, how, what's our ho- what's our homework for that? What can we do? What do you think mm. we should do? What do you mean? Like, should we should we be doing that more on our own show for other people? Because you yeah. you said it felt really good to you to hear it. It did. Yeah. The one thing I notice about podcasters is we ask people to rate, review, give us all these things, five stars. But how often do we do that for anybody else? Mm. That's a great point. I love right. that. So. so that's my challenge to everybody listening. If you're going to ask for something, I would say you have to do it twice before you ask for one thing. Mm. Should yeah. we be leading by example? Or should we just be expecting people to do the thing? I don't know. I'm mm. talking to myself too, by the way, here. Yeah. I like this, this leading by example. I mean, think about when, if you're a podcaster who has guests, like there are some podcasters, it's just them. And and that's great too. But for those who have guests, like how often do we say to our guests, please make sure you to share this. Once I send you the link, once it's live, make sure that your followers know, put it in your newsletter. But when we're on other people's podcasts, do we share it as much as we're asking our guests to share ours? I think we need to. It's a community, right? Yeah. We're all supposed to be working together towards mm-hmm. a, a common goal of boosting up each other's podcasts. So yeah. I just think that if we, again, if we, we're going to be out there asking for it, we should be leading the way. Yeah. I'm with you there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think, homework for all of us <laughs> to some yeah. degree to, to be that lead <laughs> because it's, there's no glamour in that, but... I know I appreciate it. You know you appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So therefore, maybe we should just be out in front. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's homework for me too. So mm-hmm. again, I'm 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 preaching to myself here as well. <laughs> I need to step up there and do more. I think of that. Yeah, it's amazing. It is. So what is your? You have the book possibly coming with the, with the podcast. You're going to build a business around the podcast. Anything else down the road that you're kind of curious about that you might incorporate mm-hmm. into your podcast or kind of season it a little bit? Hmm. What a great question. 
I don't, I don't know. I, can I turn this question back on you first? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think the one, the reason why I'm asking is I think we get caught up in the episode to episode creation of content without thinking about where we're going. Mm. We're just creating episodes with yeah. not kind of like a, I want to go here and I want and focus on something that's bigger than, than the podcast itself. So for me right now, I've got my co-hosted episodes, which we're doing. Mm -hmm. I have my own solo episodes and then I have what I call my daily Daves, which are just short little podcasting okay. things. Um, but I've done, I've stepped outside of what I'm normally doing and I'm doing a little 10 part mini series called the Appleseed series oh. around a quote that I heard that says you can count the number of apples in a seed, but you can't count the number of seeds. Uh, you can count the number of seeds in an apple. There we go. But you can't <laughs> count the number of apples in a seed. Mm. So there's unlimited potential in one seed. Yeah. And looking at our stats and our numbers and all the things, we want big numbers. We want lots of seeds. But we have to realize that even if we just picked up the one seed, you can't count the number of apples and the potential in that seed mm -hmm. for what it could become. So if you only had one listener, would it be worth your time to do your podcast? Mm. What if that one person took your content and their life was different, right. which impacted everyone around them and their lives were different? Would that yeah. be enough? Yeah. So like, I, I find that if I just get in the routine of creating just the next podcast, I don't stop and sit back and go, what else could I do here? And to have a little mini series within my podcast was like, I've never done that before. Hmm. But if I'm just so caught up in just doing the thing every week and not thinking about what else can I do? What's different for me? What gives me joy? What gives me something that's like, this is different. This is unique. And having a little mini series, 10 episodes. And then I go back to my regular scheduled program. Hmm. It just kind of steps outside of my normal everyday thing and comes back. So I think the variety helps me as well as a host and a creator because then I don't get caught in a routine and then I start just phoning it in right. and just doing the thing and because I have to do the thing. Yeah. It gives me something different to think about and be creative in a different way. So that's kind of why I'm curious about that because I want to break the cycle mm -hmm. of just becoming, it becomes predictable if it's the same thing every episode and your listeners start going, yeah, this is, feels like the last five interviews are the same mm. right? because we're just kind of recreating the last thing that was successful instead of dreaming about something new that we've never tried. Huh. Okay. Oh, that's good. And, you know, sometimes I think when I have, a, you know, my guests are different, right? They aren't all just episodes with me. So sometimes I'll tell myself, well, everybody's story is so different. So the episodes are different, but some of the themes can be the same. And I wonder, and this is something I'm going to keep an ear out for, are my responses starting to become almost canned? Mm. Oh, that's good. Okay. So my homework is to mix it up a little bit, figure out how I'm going to do that. But I think sitting here with you, you are kind of an expert at this mixing it up because you have seven different podcasts. <laughs> I have a short attention span, I think. Is what it is. Yeah. How, how do you keep it going? And how do you keep it different? Are the topics like tell me about all these seven different podcasts? Are the topics super different or what is, yep. what's the process? Yeah. They're all completely different. They all have their own website, their own social media. Everything is on its stands, stands alone. So, and they all have their own audiences, which is amazing. Mm, yeah. Um, and then combined with all seven shows, I'm in every country except North Korea. Wow. For obvious reasons. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we're in every country in the world. I did, I did the math when I went through all my lists mm -hmm. and I didn't even know, I had no idea. And I'm just like, wait a minute, how many countries are there in the world? How many do I have? What? So that was amazing. So, um, upcycle Canada was my first one with my wife, Jennifer. 
We have a little small business that we started 10 years ago and we repurpose things that people throw away, okay. keep it out of the landfill. So upcycling yeah. instead of recycling, upcycle okay. Canada. And then we started talking about side hustle stuff while we were talking in our upcycle Canada podcast, totally different topic. Mm-hmm. So we're like, we should start living my side hustle mm. because we're always living our side hustle. So we started the second podcast together with my wife, Jen. And so that's living my side hustle. And then living the next chapter came up because my friend's a publisher. He liked my other two shows and said, Dave, can you create a podcast for authors? I'm not an author. Who am I to host an author podcast? <laughs> Anyways, so I did. So I created that and we're up to 300 episodes in two years. Wow. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I created a music podcast because I'm a musician called the Add to My Playlist podcast. It's on Spotify and it's all music. So I bring on Grammy nominated artists, uh, brand new bands, singer songwriters. They talk about their music. We actually play the song in the podcast. So you oh, don't have to leave cool. on yeah. Spotify. You can hear the whole song, come back like a radio show and talk about the next song. So uh-huh. it's amazing. Yeah. So I had I had a singer on who was in a, uh, The Fugitive with um, Harrison Ford. Mm. And you now he's a singer. I'm yeah. like, this is amazing. You're a movie star. <laughs> what are you doing talking to me? Um, so there's that. And then I have um, a podcast called Dad Space, which is a podcast for dads by dads, mm-hmm. helping men to be better partners community members and better to yourself. So that's dad space. Then I did the how to podcast series, which we're on. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I also have the daily Santa podcast, which is 25 episodes in a row, a podcast for children, encouraging kids to be good humans leading up to Christmas Ah. as like an advent calendar type thing. Yeah. So every day there's an episode and there's a whole cast of characters. There's seven AI voices in me. And the eight of us created a podcast together with sound effects, and music, and <laughs> there's a um, selfie, which is Santa's uh, social media elf selfie. Yeah, uh, he has a cell. He has a, a uh, elf phone instead of an iPhone. He's on Elf Talk instead of TikTok. Elf book, <laughs> right? And all he does is create mayhem while the recordings are happening. Oh, so that's yeah, so fun. So, and that's me as an elf. So anyways, everybody loves that. They think it's crazy. It's a lot of work for four to five hours for a 14 minute episode. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so that's, so that's kind of a little taste of what I do. So all of them are different. Yeah. They all, some are hosted, some are co-hosted, some are um, interviews, some are just me, uh, storytelling. They're all different which is mm. what I like. And it's kind of touches on everything. I get to play with a bunch of different things. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, it's a lot of work, but uh, it's, it's amazing when you get to meet great people mm-hmm. and, and build, build community. Yes. So for sure. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of what I do. And, and then I do that while I'm on my days off because I work full time. Okay. Well. Yeah. Same here. Right. <laughs> yeah. So. Just Anyways. quickly going yeah. back to when you asked if only if you only had one listener, yeah, would would it still be worth it? And for me, the answer is yes, for sure, because it's so important to me what I'm talking about, and I think it's super important that if there's one per- one person who's going to listen and hear it and start to make those changes in their life, yeah, one hundred percent. I would I would keep doing it even if there was only one. One of my guest co-hosts just recently came on and they said, if you have an audience of one, it's still an audience. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes, it yeah. is. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love that. Um, I have one question to ask you at the very end. Yeah. Um, because you've been so gracious with your time. And by the way, I'd love to have you come back in the future and get more updates. Absolutely. Okay. So yeah, let's just leave that door fun. open. Okay. Just leave that open. Um, but shout out again for your podcast and everything that we can find out about. And maybe where's a good place to start listening to your show for the first time at the beginning, most recent, where should we go? But kind of give us some advice on that too. But tell us about your show again. Okay, sure. So did you bring the hummus? This is a podcast to help you go vegan. Uh, so every episode is a mix. Uh, well, every season is a mix of me giving just kind of talks about 
things that are really weighing on my heart or ideas that I feel really need to be shared. And then interviews with vegans. So that's my one hard and fast rule is that every guest on the show has to be vegan because they need to tell the story. You have to hear the story to get to that point. But I think that my, if you, if you want to hear me, if you want to get to know me, I would recommend episode 37, which is Flamingo. That's the title. And it's the story of a king pigeon found in New York City in in Central Park. He had been dyed pink. And it's his story. Mm -hmm. And like what they think happened and how the Wild Bird Fund tried to help save him. And just kind of a reminder of, you know, animals are not here for us to exploit and use for our own, um, you know, for our own, like, convenience and fun and whatever else it is that we're doing to them. Uh, But you really get to hear me in my element. It's emotional, of course. Uh, But but so if you feel like you want to get a quick connection to who I am, that's a great one. And a super fun interview would be episode, I'm losing the number, but it's with Chef Adam Sobel. Okay. He, uh, He ran a food truck that was kind of he's he's really well known here in new jersey that he uh he had a vegan food truck called cinnamon snail and he would just kind of park it in jersey city hoboken new york city and people loved his food and he's a really fun silly just happy guy and the the interview is just a really good time so that one's really fun yeah it's amazing and it's found where all podcasts are found yep it and is. Where are you most active on social media? On Instagram, okay. which you can find me at Did You Bring the Hummus? Really easy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, so here's my big question to end off. Um, and I've been, I'm, I'm wrestling with this question myself. So I, I like hearing other people's thoughts on their answers because it helps me shape my answer. What do you want people to say about you when you leave the room? I want them to say that I made them think about something differently and that they were happy to have interacted with me. Yeah. And that, that comes from their, you know, vegans, we, we get a bad rap. I think people feel judged or they don't understand it. And so then they feel judged because someone's doing something different than what they do. And I want people to know that like vegans are real people and we we can we can show up in many different ways but to know that someone if i left the room they went huh that was a really nice interaction i really like her i'm interested in what she has to say i'm gonna think about that a little bit more yeah it's amazing good answer good answer what about you what's your answer mine is and this is where i'm kind of really focusing right now and it's kind of coming to, to fruition for me is I want people to say that Dave was a collector and a connector of people. Mm. I want to collect people. That's my goal. And Mm -hmm. as an introvert, it's hard to do that, to put yourself (laughs) out there. Oh, yeah. Um, But I think podcasting is probably the best way to meet amazing people, Mm -hmm. have this kind of interaction, build community, and then connect people. Yeah. And when I see you and I see someone else, I'm like, oh, you got to meet Kimberly. Like just, there's, it has to happen. Mm -hmm. So I love kind of being that person behind the scenes as well. So that's, that's my mission, I think. I love it. Thank you for doing that. I love it. I love it. Okay. Um, So come back again. Yes. Be a co-host. I would love to have you back. Uh, And again, congratulations for the shout out about your show. Thank you. Any of, anytime we can do that. And again, a challenge for us listening. And for me personally, too, is to be more active and give more than I ask. I think that's something we can all do. And uh, maybe that's your challenge this week. So, yes, absolutely. Amazing. Kimberly, thank you so much. We're going to be listening to your show and promoting and, and all that great stuff. Thank you for making time to do this. Thank you. Hey, it's Dave jumping on here at the end. I hope you're doing well. Thank you for listening to the How to Podcast series. Putting this out there for you, 
you're starting a podcast and you're like, Dave, the technology is giving me a headache. This editing thing is, I don't know, it's banana pants. I can't figure it all out. Um, and you're thinking, if there was somebody who could help me with my podcast, I would pay them to do the editing for me. Guess what? I'm actually doing that. I have clients now, past guests who've been on the show, on one of my other podcasts, on this podcast. I'm doing some podcast consulting. I'm doing podcast editing. I'm helping with people launching their podcast, getting it, all the technology stuff, all getting your podcast and all the players, helping you with your YouTube channel, your website. Oh, it just goes on and on. It goes on and on. And I would love to help you. So instead of going to Fiverr or Upwork, I've I've been on there. I keep trying to get on for jobs and nobody's paying attention to me. And I'm I need attention. <laughs> I would rather work with you as a listener of the show. So here's what I'm saying. Go to howtopodcast.ca, leave me a voice message, tell me what you need, and let's work out something that works for you and your budget. And if you need full service or you just need something quick like a drive through type service, I'm there for you. I got you. And if you like what you hear on any of my seven podcasts, I can do that for you. I can. And I'd love to work with you because you are amazing. And I'm there to help you whatever you need. Howtopodcast.ca. Reach out. Let me know what I can do to help you with your podcast. Thank you for listening catch you on the next episode. Take care.